1: Gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert, broadcasting this thing live on Periscope and on YouTube for the divisional round DFS breakdown. If you have any comments or uh, uh, suggestions or shit talk you'd like to get out, you can do so in the uh, YouTube or the Periscope comment section. We'll see him here in our feed and try and get to your questions. With that said, Byron, it's the uh, it's the divisional round. It's the best week of NFL football every year. It's going to be hard to top last week's wild card action, though, huh?
0: It's, yeah, it might be hard to be the best week this year. That sure was fun last week.
1: It was just I mean, it kind of it kind of ended with a thud. Right. But, man, it was like that it was a to get those games. I said on Twitter, man, like, I, I don't know what we did to even deserve it uh before we get into the dfs stuff do you have any thought like let me what's the best new coaching hire is it matt rule in carolina is it mccarthy in dallas or is it or is it the judge and jury up 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 there for the giants
0: i don't know you for me for me i'm pretty much waiting to go to the combine and have my first interaction with a couple of those guys and rule and judge and then McCarthy is a it was a rational hire by the Cowboys to me. I don't hate the McCarthy hire. It's a little it's not necessarily thrilling or inspiring,
1: but it makes yeah. a lot of sense. It feels kind of reach ready a little bit. Now, like a bunch of his assistants or a bunch of kind of kind of kind of older reach read dudes. I mean, but I expect I mean, McCarthy could, to
0: have him competing for the division still next year, right? So
1: Yeah. Do you think um, do you are you've never interacted with, with Matt Rule yet? Not that you I never. can remember. <laughs> okay, he, he'll fire you up, dude. That guy, I'm telling you what, man. It's like going to a going to a Tony Robbins event. But listening to it's one. It's not event.
0: enough, though. It's not enough <laughs> in the NFL to be fired up.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. It's well, he got fired up enough to Dude, Tepper broke out the broke out the wallet for that guy. But man, it's dude. It's like Michael Lombardi said on on his podcast. Uh, you pay you you pay these players so much? You know you pay you paying these guys. You know, 10 million, 12 million, 20 million, 30 million dollars a year. It's like, how how much do you really need to pay for? Like, how much would you pay if you were pretty sure a guy was going to develop a really good culture for you?
0: You pay a lot if you could. Doesn't count against your salary cap. So it's hard to find. There's not very many guys that are great managers of people and, you know, obviously team leaders and, you know, football minds, but really managers of people is is the main thing. So you can be fired up like Dan Quinn, but if you can't
1: manage the staff different kind the of fired is- up. right. Rules different kind of fired up. He's the kind of, he doesn't say he's fired up. He just gets you fired up. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. So yeah, thanks to, thanks to everybody for commenting. Ronald Martinez. What's up, man. Flex network guys. John Sullivan says Hill country. He's noticing my background here. <laughs> beautiful. The beautiful Texas Hill country. Chris Paso, our boy. See you guys at the Senior Bowl in a few weeks. Yes, sir. Tripasso we'll see you, man. Got to get a beer, catch up with you about what the hell you're thinking about these prospects. We'll, we'll have a <laughs> lot of yeah. – some squirrely for
0: sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Trapasso hit the – he hit the Michael Gallup.
1: Uh, <laughs> he did. Evaluation. Yeah. Pretty square on the head. I didn't. I didn't. I right. told you he was going to be good this year. I missed right. a little bit initially. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into these games. Uh Minnesota at San Francisco. We have a 44 and a half total here in this one. It opened up at 46. And and it's 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 cool. Byron like on has, has it always been that we get a on Sunday? It's on Sunday it's usually we get the noon game and then we get the um the afternoon game. This year it's different. We get we get one but like we get a night game both nights. Right, we get fabulous. We get, yeah, so we get we'll have and it's um, Annie on on Periscope asking if I'm in if I'm in the woods. No, Ani, I'm telling you, man, I live in the beautiful Texas Hill Country, man. This is it looks like
0: some mountain goats about to start creeping down. It's how, dude. It's about
1: how it feels, we, The people have been spotting cougars all over around here, man especially up at the H-E-B up, 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 there in Lakeway. I guarantee it. The Hill, the Hill, <laughs> Hill, Hill country Galleria. Yeah. Okay. A lot uh, of, a lot, lot of, lot of cougar dens out there, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So this game, Minnesota, San Francisco, Kirk cousins, you like that San Francisco, uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy Garoppolo's first, uh, first playoff, first playoff start. Um, Seven point, uh, seven point line here, 44 and a half point total. We have 50% of the tickets on the Vikings and 50% of the money's on the Vikings. So this thing's split right down in the middle. 59% of the tickets on the over, 43% of the money on the over in this one. So a little bit of public sentiment for the over. Not really that much money line support there, or not not too much sharp support there for that one. Um on the Minnesota side, I think with the injuries we had, Adam Thielen earlier this week with an popped up with an ankle after Wednesday practice. It turned out after looking into that that it was uh, just a, it was like a laceration, so not quite as big a deal as you know you would think about a midweek setback with something happening uh, with the, you know any sort of tear or you know I don't know like sprain. Um, looks like he should be good to go. Stephon Diggs. We have the squeaky wheel from last week. He was acting like a little punk on the sidelines because he wasn't getting targeted enough. I, I mean, I, I don't know. But was just, I mean, we have Dalvin. Obviously, it's great. This matchup's bad though because San Francisco. I believe so. We get do we get D Ford back? We get Quan Alexander back? We get Jaquisky Tart back? All of those things are really, really big pieces for that San Francisco defense. Um, and then on the, on San Francisco side, when we talk about, you know, the Minnesota defense, we've talked all year about how just how bad they are on the, on, on, on the back end. And when you look at guys on DraftKings like, you know, like Debo Samuel, like Emmanuel Sanders, I don't know if, you know, if you've, how much line of construction you've done yet, Byron, but those guys at like 5,200 and 5,400 seem pretty, pretty appealing, uh, given that, uh, you know, the struggles that they've had on, on, on the back end. And I believe McKinsey report pulled up is McKenzie Alexander going to be out too. I so can that, check that out. Uh, yeah, so it's like, but that front man, whenever you looked at him last week, Daniil Hunter has been just such a, I mean, he's been a beast, dude. What they were doing with Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter. I just, I wonder if there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jimmy G and whether he's going to be able to deliver to these guys. I mean, it's seven points. For, how do you see the action playing out? Mackenzie out, I mean, Alexander out for the okay. Vikings. How, how, do, how, how do you see the action playing out
0: here? Well, I'm thinking about the DFS action. I really don't have a whole lot of interest in this matchup from a DFS perspective. I think you can make a case for the 49ers uh, defense. Uh, certainly, I believe this is a contest where you'll have the opportunity to pluck a few probably fortunate DFS plays out of it if you can forecast it correctly um so you know clearly Stefan Diggs shaping up potentially as one of those guys with the price tag on him coming down Uh, even without the Adam Thielen uh, nicks and bruises I'm I'm not sure I love him you know maybe matching up with a guy like Richard Sherman obviously the squeaky wheel narrative kind of Thought it could be Diggs last. We made a little case for Adam Thielen last week, but it was just too hard to get on to him. I don't want to chase his point. So I feel maybe a little more comfortable with Diggs. Uh, Dalvin, you know, it was a bad matchup for Dalvin last week too. So, I mean, the fact is it's the type of game where the Vikings have to go to Dalvin Cook, period. And they've got a good scheme for to utilize Dalvin Cook. And so even in the tough matchups, when you get a good scheme – you know, like a Kubiak-type run game, he could still be pretty successful in those tough matchups. Uh, so I think you have to consider Dalvin if you're going to spend up on a running back this week. And uh, then on the other side of the ball from the
1: 49ers side, uh, probably where my interest would you, lie. Be, be, before 49ers, do you even believe that a squeaky wheel narrative could, could even exist for Stephon Diggs in a week like this with a coach like Zimmer? He's like, i got to win this fucking game, like Stefanski. I gotta win this game. Like who, who gives a shit if this guy's complaining? Well, I mean, the question is, I mean, does the I mean, it could be, it could be
0: more that he gets himself <laughs> fired up. It could be Stefan Diggs getting Stephon Diggs fired up, you know? Yeah. So yeah. and I mean yeah, I mean, I think we see sometimes we see that. I you can't bank on I'm not banking on that, but his price tag came down and I just try to imagine who who who's <laughs> probably the better play. And, you know, it's probably Stefan Diggs, right? And then you can make another case for Kyle Rudolph. Seven targets last week in a game script where they're uh, projected to be playing from behind. I can definitely imagine a guy like Kyle Rudolph, even though it's not a tremendous matchup, getting his share of targets in this one. You felt lucky pulling the touchdown out of the hat uh, last week, certainly. But don't hate that if you need to get down under 4,000 on DraftKings for your tight end. And then, you know, I'm going to flip over to the 49ers side. Not a whole lot of interest, but um, probably where I've been spending the most time is exploring those really low-priced flex options from the 49ers side of the ball. Uh, Maybe if you can time it right with a Brita or a Tevin Coleman
1: here, you can get in on those guys uh, pretty I cheap. think that uh, when we we have people asking in the, in the chat, Michael, Michael Yeager, what's up, brother? Um, and this Morale Freddy asking if there are any good cheap plays. I, I'm i not sure that. Uh, look, man, well, of course I mean, I'm not he, sure <laughs> They wouldn't be cheap, right? <laughs> I have some cheap plays that I like a little bit more. Man, probably Hollywood like Brown. Uh, well, I think everybody likes Hollywood Brown and I'm a little bit hesitant about him. we'll we'll, we'll get to him though. I just, I worry about Coleman. I worry about Brita to some degree. I worry a little bit about Mostert. and before we get completely into the San Francisco side, I want to say when you mentioned about Kyle Rudolph, I worry a lot about him too, because of a tart being back, just the splits with that guy in and and that guy out versus tight ends have been stark. So, just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, that, it's that like I said, I really
0: don't have much interest in this contest. I think you're going to be able to pluck a few good plays out of here if you can figure it out to help patch the holes in your roster. You what know?
1: about what about Debo? What about Emmanuel Sanders on DraftKings? They're fifty-two hundred and fifty-four hundred each. It's like I I don't I think I, I think I'm interested in both of them. Um, if I could tell myself a story that this game is going to be a game that's going to be you know. Uh, a, competitive and and one that one where the passing game is going to be utilized heavily. It's just like, um, I don't know, man. Do you think that's
0: therein lies? The problem is that you're interested in both in a game where the 49ers are heavily favored. I mean, it's kind of hard to, how interested can you be in that situation?
1: You know, given the fact they are relatively well-priced, it's going to be difficult to choose. Right. Right. We have Michael Yeager asking in the in the chat here if we're going to be talking any uh, one and done stuff. Well, I mean, I guess we could. If, if, if you're playing one and done, do you even get it? I think if you're playing one and done and you still have Dalvin left, it's probably a good place to get involved. Get involved with him or even, uh, you know, Thielen, Digs. I mean, I think San Francisco probably wins this game. Yeah, I mean, you got to play your Vikings in this one. Yeah, I think uh, I think if you still have your still have any of your Vikings left, I think this week is. Smoke him if you got him. And I, I, but I would, I think I would probably stay away from Kyle Rudolph just because what we talked about earlier with the splits with and without Jaquiski Tart on the field. What about, what about Mostert? I think a lot of people will be looking at him, uh, in the mid range <coughs> if they're not on Damian Williams because it just feels like people are going to want to pay up for Lamar. They're going to want to pay up for Mahomes. It's really hard not to want to pay up for Kelsey and or Kittle. Um, you think so? I that. mean,
0: I didn't like Jared Cook last week when you liked him. I and mean, you talk about Jaquisky Tart. I mean, Harrison Smith is a beast. I don't understand how to get so excited about
1: these tight ends, well, the Vikings. The, the thing I'm worried about – well, here's the thing I'm worried about it with Kittle. Is he's such a good blocker? And I wonder if they if, – if the pressure does start getting to Jimmy G, if they kind of keep him in. Right. They keep him in to help block and stuff like that. A, just a little bit more. Daniel Hunter is such a beast, dude. Sometimes you got to handle those guys beast on beast. And I, I think also with those, I think also if you're just looking for the, if you're looking for like the showdown type of play and you can play showdown plays on these four game slates. We saw it last week. I mean, if you have, like I, my best lineup last week, I played Taysom Hill at my quarterback. That's a showdown kind of move, right? You'd never want to do that on a real four game slate. But with all the variability in these in, in, in these in these four gamers here in the playoffs, what about? I mean, what if you just wanted to? What if you wanted to squeeze in Kyle Usech, hoping he gets four catches or something, using him to chip off the size there on the Griffins and on the uh, on the Danielle Hunters of, of the world?
0: I suppose you could. I mean, it's just not how. I mean, for me, I perform my best when I come up with three to five solid lineups. Mm-hmm. And and I and I roll with those, and it's just hard for me to get those plays into, you know, that set of lineups.
1: Raheem Mostert is going to be the second highest owned running back on this slate. What do you think of that? I mean, he's too expensive, and it's a little bit unpredictable uh, what the
0: situation is there. I don't really like it. I'm not going to. Uh, it's unlikely I'll have much Raheem Mostert.
1: Do you find your, Do you find yourself getting? Is he a thir- yeah. he's a 13, 15 touch guy. I, I
0: don't, I mean, doesn't move the needle. I'm a whole lot more into a guy like Damian Williams. I mean, you brought him up. as was trying to wait for that, for that matchup, but I can get a lot more excited about something like
1: that. Michael Yeager's asking in Twitter about quant. Yeah. I mean, we talked about D Ford and Quan Alexander being back. I mean, they're bringing back three of their, three of their best options in the in the on on the whole defense Quan alexander is is he's fast he's awesome he's he's the what i mean what do we say about jason light there's 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 nobody in the world who makes him light up like his golden son yeah that was his you know that was his little value he uncovered in the draft that was his guy you know yeah, so I mean, and he's and he's fast too, and he can cover, and he can spill, and he can scrape. He's like he's a really good player. <laughs> Jason Light had a could... special place in his heart for Quan Alexander. Yeah, absolutely. The que- uh, and then so be- just before we move on from this one, if you are paying up at running back, do you want to pay up for Dalvin or do you want to pay up for uh, for Derrick Henry? They're basically they're only two hundred dollars different on DraftKings. Yeah, I'm gonna you know, roll with the yeah with Dalvin. I mean going to roll with Dalvin. It's a similar, similar a logic point. to what I had
0: last week. Uh, but it's a close call. Don't really love either of them on paper, but you know, if you want to go there, you know, I, you, know, you got to consider it. And uh, Dalvin, I just... Dal- I like the scheme. I like the scheme of the Vikings to definitely keep a guy like Dalvin involved. They get a little more worried. And granted, the offensive line of the Titans is good enough that mm-hmm. they can play with anybody. Just get a little more worried about... Uh, the uh, about the Titans ability to maintain that style of play at the Ravens. Whereas I just, you know, I see Dalvin cook is the guy who can continue to stay involved in the tire contest and, um, in in an excellent scheme and also a couple hundred dollars cheaper. Right. And I think the matchup is a tiny bit better on paper. So in the end, I mean, those are when it's a super close call like that. Neither of them have good matchups and they're both expensive. And there's a lot to be worried about, but I'm going to, you know split the hairs a little bit by the matchup a little bit by the pricing and maybe the guy that I think can stay a little bit more involved uh, on the better scheme you know throughout the entire game
1: where do you rank the 49ers defense among all the defenses this week
0: I think I have them as my uh I mean top top three obviously um top two Top, I just, I'm, probably, I'm top, just
1: wondering top. if you're finding yourself making it a priority to get up to one of these like the
0: yeah. – Yeah, I'm <laughs> playing Baltimore, Kansas City, or San Francisco this week at defense. Okay. Now, on a one-and-done, it might be a good time to fire the 49er bullet. If you think they're going to win and they're getting healthier and they're going to get somebody like – San Francisco who I think they already clobbered earlier in or no did they oh. that was no that was at the Chargers that they got clobbered out in California. Well, when you're earlier. talking
1: about the talking about who who, who are you talking about? The 49ers? I'm just thinking in, in one and done if you're thinking
0: about saving 49ers defense who they would potentially It would be Seattle if Seattle can
1: would be Seattle or Green Bay.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, how much more do you like that than just go ahead and
1: fire in the 49ers defense yeah. and pull it in your one. I know, one. I agree. I agree. I think that makes sense and for for one and done to go Seattle this week because we would have, you know, you haven't used Baltimore, but do you, I mean, would you want to use Baltimore against the Chiefs? You want to use Baltimore
0: this week, man. I mean, it's time. This is the time to use Baltimore. Uh, I think, I think so too. The, I think maybe this is the time and one and done to go ahead and use Baltimore and then uh, maybe save San Francisco, you know, fully, hopefully fully healthy next week with, you know, I'm not sure the Packers or the Seattles coming to town with any more firepower than the Vikings are.
1: So, Fair enough. Shout out to Ronald Martinez in the chat, man. He says, "Help you, f- thank you for helping me win my league." He'll send us more fuel gear soon. Thank you very much, uh, Ronald, for the fuel off-road gear. I wear mine all the time. Hey, Alex, it's um, a good time to
0: congratulate some of the roster watch listener league winners on the season. Or we already are got. Gonna a- keep
1: congr- are we going to keep con- just congratulating Sully from Houston over and over?
0: hopefully annually because we like hanging with sully from houston man those guys do
1: you know what we need to make is a listener league hall of fame and like he needs to be the first member of it well i've sent a
0: few emails to a few winners that have been contacting us about their you know thanking us for the season if they're going to have any photos with trophies or cash prizes or winnings or anything make sure to send them on over to us yeah (laughs) send them on over to us rosterwatch Um, at gmail.com but yeah it sounds like a few of the listener league winners Already talking about coming to Vegas uh, to visit with us uh, live and in person at the NFL Draft this year. I see Sully from Houston took down Banana Hammock Boys. Uh, Trashman Truther took down the Cockamamie Business League. We had Michael Dickinson take down the inaugural inaugural season for the Roster Watch Dynasty Listener League, and then I think it was Donovan Raina, longtime loyal follower and listener, who took down. Uh, the fourth listener league uh, this year. So congratulations. We hope that each and every one of you had a, a fun, fun season and a good time.
1: Yeah. And we, yeah, we hope you did. Hope you got to hope you got to give the rest of the league, the old mushroom stamp, man. That's fucking <laughs> awesome, dude. Congrats to all you winners for sure. Um, all right. We talked about Derek Henry earlier. Let's move on to the next one. Um, Tennessee at Baltimore. This game opened up with a 48 and a half point total. Now down to 47, we have 59% of the tickets on the under 64% of the money is on the under the Ravens are 10 point favorites here. That's where they opened. It stayed the same. No movement there. We have a 50 or wait. So we have a 53% of the tickets on Baltimore, 52% of the money on Baltimore, um, injuries here you have that pulled uh we have mark ingram with a that calf are you worried at all about that calf yeah of course i put that's why the rate did as of as of about
0: 36 hours ago if i had to make a play out of the ravens uh running back it was probably going to be the low risk play of uh Gus
1: Edwards <laughs> that's low risk get to get out of here man what do you it's mean it's a, of
0: course it's a low risk play game where they're big favorites at home, and he's we got a banged up mark Ingram and he's he
1: less than catching passes. I think he's less than four thousand bucks he's not less than four thousand he's like he's like he's like forty five i mean i've it pulled up right now it's a, that's a trash man to say he's sub four k he's not he can't be sub four k he is Gus Edwards is, he's, he's $100 cheaper than Carlos Hyde. He's 49, he's sub five K he's 4,900. Well, I'm just saying it.
0: As of recently, it looked like Mark Ingram wasn't even going to play. So limited practice on Thursday, questionable for divisional play. So he's going to play. It's going to be a muddled deal. I mean, my general instinct was to stay completely out of the Ravens backfield, you know? So that's when I started poking around, I said, well, you're going to need a few cheap guys this week. You know, maybe you poke around the cheap side of that backfield if if we're going to be limited with the Mark Ingram. I mean you could flip it on its head and say, hey, I'm just going to play a low exposure Mark Ingram this week. I don't hate that play if nobody's going to play him because of uh because yeah. of the muddled situation. You know, I don't think you could go with Justice. You can't go with Justice Hill unless you know Mark Ingram's out. So I'm not sure you could play Ingram until we know a little bit more. So that's kind of what led me to Gus. But again, I mean, I, I could totally stay out of the business of the Ravens' backfield uh, unless we get more, you know, positive news on Mark Ingram.
1: Oh, I think I'm certainly out of the business of the Ravens' backfield at, at this at this point. I mean, even if we get positive, what what kind of news could we get on Mark Ingram that would make you excited to to play him?
0: And that he's that he's feeling good, and you know, he's you know projected to play essentially his
1: usual role. And you wouldn't want to just find an extra 700 bucks and, and, and get up to Aaron Jones or something? Yeah, I mean, I love Aaron Jones
0: this week, but $700 not just, you know, changing the couch cushions. I mean, not, that's a no, no, chunk I mean, of money to come up with. So, and again, Mark Ingram might be a low-exposure guy. If Mark Ingram wasn't injured, I'd absolutely love him in this matchup. Big favorites at home, going kind to of feed the guy. I mean, I would have really liked Mark Ingram. His pricing, if I mean, I, you said I was off on the Gus Edwards pricing, but I, 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 if I remember correctly, the, the Ingram pricing was fairly enticing. If you knew he was healthy, you'd be all over it. Yeah,
1: 6,700, 6, yeah, yeah, you would be. I just I don't know if he is.
0: Well, I think he pulled a plug. I mean, to me, I want Mark Andrews from the Ravens' side of the ball. That's my key core play from the Ravens' offensive side of the ball in DFS. All right.
1: Well, I mean, what what? so what do you think about – why do you love
0: Mark Andrews? So and much? He's the go-to guy in that offense, especially if we've got a compromised backfield. He's the go-to target for Lamar Jackson. So I, this is a game where I expect Mark, – Mark Andrews has been awesome this year. It's so a game right back on the injury
1: report this week. I worry.
0: He's about always worry. on the injury report.
1: Well, and I mean, some of these guys are starting to get off the injury report. But, <laughs> uh, Mark, I mean, Mark is <laughs> yeah. on injury report. Um, and, it's, and all, it's, match, it's, it's also as far as the slate goes, it's it's the number two tight end matchup. It's one of the better, better ma- match. exact It's not a thrilling
0: matchup compared to the entire league, but it's one of the better matchups that's left uh, here at our fingertips. And so, you just kind of, you know, you kind of reconcile all of that, and you know, to me, it becomes pretty clear that Mark Andrews is a, is a
1: really nice play at tight ends. Do you do you like him better than Kit? Do you, I mean the yes. thing? Everybody's gonna be on Kittle and Kelsey. Oh, good, I'm not probably won't be on either of
0: them. I mean, i could, I'm, I'll be on Andrews a lot more than I'll be on Kelsey or Kittle
1: this week. That's a that's a contrarian hot take. It really it really is. But I like it because I've been I've like whenever you jam those guys in, like what kind of say I like I've, I've made so few Mark Andrews lineups. That I don't even know how much cheaper he is than these other guys. So I mean. He's only 600 cheaper than than Kittle. He's only 800 cheaper than Kelsey. Kelsey has the best matchup of all the tight ends this week. You
0: I mean, I just think Patrick Mahomes has I love the Chiefs offense this week. Mahomes is going to be my core quarterback play. Just he has so many options. Of course Kelsey can go huge, you know. Just is there's so many options for Mahomes and I'm going to I'm going to also be compelled towards Damian Williams this week so to it just andrews is a clearer play especially if it's close and the price tag that's that's you know 600 bucks or whatever again that's that's going to be a you're, i mean you're potentially going to need that extra coin
1: michael yeager asking in the chat which ravens wide receiver might be the play if any or better to go with mark andrews well all right so talk about marquise brown then i mean he's off the injury report if you look at his game logs i i Here's the problem with him. It feels like at 4,400, I feel like he, in tournaments he's going to be 25% owned, 30% owned. He's just getting so much talk and so much buzz. And just, you know, ever since the week one and week two with just the, you know, the explosion games, you know, these last few weeks, I mean, the three of the last four weeks, he's gotten you 3.5 or less points. Uh, there was a 14 point, 14 and a half pointer in there. Versus the New York Jets, but he is the number one wide receiver for them. He is fast as shit, right? Adore Jackson's fast too. I don't think he's as fast as Marquise Brown. Um, what do you think? Uh, when he's that highly owned and he's that vi- volatile a fantasy option, do you, like in, in your tournaments, are you going to play Marquise Brown, or are you going to possibly look elsewhere? Since you're so high on Mark Andrews. I, well, like I just think it's
0: going to be a lot like last week where you're it's going to be difficult to really uncover too many guys that, that are cheap, that you can really get too excited about. And there's a lot to be concerned about with Hollywood Brown, but I just think we're going to find ourselves forced towards him, you know, when constructing our lineups is you're going to look and you're going to say, what other cheap options do I have? He's a guy with, you know, mega upside. Again, it feels pretty low risk at that, at that price. I mean, you know, are you, are you feel more comfortable rolling out a a Sammy Watkins or a, you know, a a Duke Johnson, you know, not, not necessarily. I think Marshawn Lynch is going to be the other guy that's relatively cheap that you can maybe get more excited about than a Hollywood Brown this week. But, you know, that's kind of the group for me, or at least, you know, the the meat of it. And, you know, Hollywood's got so much upsides. You know, I think that 25% ownership will come, out of
1: um, it'll be, it's going to happen by default. I don't know. You know what I mean? Well, you just, you find yourself there a bunch. You find yeah. yourself like, well, who's this sub or who's this mid 4k guy? Which mid 4k guy am I going to choose? Is it going to be Sammy Watkins? Is it going to be, you know, I think Sammy Watkins will be popular too, you know, yeah. um, but what about on the Titan side? Obviously no Tannehill. Uh,
0: well, AJ Brown's price came down this week. So I can, in a game where they're going to have to be playing from behind, you know, probably on the road, can maybe get excited about AJ Brown in a week where his price has come down and his ownership will probably come down given that he kind of ghosted folks last week when he was a, a bit overpriced. And um that's probably would be my is going to be my main source of interest on the Titans side. And you know, certainly once again you can make a case for Derek Henry. I mean he's kind of matchup proof, right? So uh, I don't have any beef with getting getting a Derrick Henry lineup together either.
1: What about um, – I, mean, I can't ever go back to Corey – I, I didn't go to Corey Davis last week, thankfully, but got everybody a goose egg who decided to go with that galaxy brain play. Same with Ta- – I think Tajay Sharp didn't quite goose egg you, but he did something else. who oh. Horrible matchup this week. What do you do? I mean, you play Derrick Henry or maybe you play A.J. A.J. Brown is just one of these guys where you can say, you know, I don't care about the matchup. He's AJ Brown. But I just I kind of care about the I kind of care about the matchup. The, Tannehill's not throwing the ball very much. How many how many times did he how many times did he throw even have to throw the ball last week? Let's see. He threw the ball last week. Oh my God. What if I gave you an over-under last week of 16 and a half attempts for Tannehill? Did he go over or under? <laughs> uh I'll say over, but I'm nervous. Oh, it's, it was under 15, <laughs> 15 attempts last week. I just, uh, I have a hard time playing AJ. I have a hard time playing AJ Brown. Do, do, do you think that Derek Henry is capable of inserting his will the same way versus the tough matchup of the Ravens as he was the tough matchup of the Yeah. Game?
0: Yeah. If they get him the carries early and they do it the whole game, he, he this- certainly does, man. Um, and, you know, the Ravens offense could be compromised a little bit if the run game's not you know, quite itself. I mean, there's, I, I, you know, gun to head, I probably favor Mahomes a little bit over Lamar Jackson this week. So ultimately in this matchup, Alex, I see myself uh, uh, probably uh, compelled towards, you know, a Mark Andrews Baltimore defense
1: you know, type stack, you know, coming out of this contest. Any other thoughts on this game? Any other plays? Or obviously Lamar's a great play. I'll be deciding between him and Mahomes unless there I find somebody who obviously I'll I'll, I think I'm going to be deciding between those two. And at least in my main single entry and three max tournament lineups, so I, I don't play much cash on these slates. Um, anybody else you can even think of? I'm trying to there's no Adam Humphreys this week. They're like high, you of? can you go back to Tajay Sharp after last week. Any kind of weird Seth Roberts or Willie Sneed love from you? I saw Willie Sneed had a decent touchdown. You could to put
0: Sneed. Sneed in there if he's super, you know, he's obviously super, super cheap. You could put right.
1: Sneed Sneed isn't. It's like all Christmas. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up here. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift uh, of shaving this holiday season. And it still is the holiday season. And I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. This revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer, the new lawnmower 2.0 for proprietary skin safe technology. So it won't nick or snag your nuts. Uh, it won't be like this stuff where you're having to use a I'm telling you guys, it's, it's fucking easy. Like you just put down this. They give you like a little doggy puppy mat, right? You put it down. Get the lawnmower 2.0. You don't have to. You don't shave it all completely off if you don't want to. They have a little guards on there you put on. Get yourself manicured, man, all all fixed up, and then you have this crop preserver that you kind of rub on your hands and kind of just get rubbed all around on your balls. Fantastic, dude. It really is uh, like a like a dream come true. My wife loves it. I know Byron's girlfriend certainly loves it. It's something you don't really know until you try. Really. One of those kind of uh, one of those little luxuries that you have to uh, you have to really see to 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 try. Manscaped kind of like we can talk about it after this read, Byron. But one little luxury that I've uh, that I got for Christmas for myself was a bidet attachment for my toilet. And oh, that's before funny. You, Did you get the heated one, the one that hooks up to your hot water, no, it's just a real cold blast, brother. It's oh, a cold, man. cold blast. That's but tough. anyway, it's one of these little things in life that you don't you don't know how good it is until you get it. And the products also that you put on your balls, they smell good. I mean, it just it it really is awesome. Keeps you clean does everything you need. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code roster watch at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code roster watch. Join the other dudes helping themselves with manscaped with a special trial offer just for our listeners. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com to get yours, go to manscaped.com and use promo code roster. Watch again, go to manscaped.com use promo code roster. Watch get 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com use promo code roster. Watch. Okay. On to the next game. So my question is who's using the bidet around your house? Uh, I think, I, I think just me. I think just me. It's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty. getting some extra kicks out of that or what, man? It's pretty woolly, man. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. I, I just gotten so many good review, glowing reviews from, from friends. Yeah. Try. Ashley ordered, see? she
0: ordered one and she hooked it up, but realized it was the only, the, the one of the cold water attachment. So
1: that, that, that blast of cold water could <laughs> be fired up early in the morning. <laughs> packed it up and sent it back uh, looking <laughs> for an upgrade. Okay. Um, Houston at Kansas city. We have a 50, the, 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 the This is the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. 51 total. We have 57% of the tickets on the over. 71% of the money on the over. So the sharps, you always say, take the under for Andy Reid at Arrowhead, are saying they're taking the goddamn over here. The line's moved up from a 49 to a 51. We have Kansas City's nine and a half point favorites here. 52% of the tickets on Kansas City. 61% of the money on Kansas City here in this one, I think Kansas City smokes the Houston Texans. Um, our boy, uh, our boy Michael on Twitter was asking earlier about Mikko Hardman, and I said, "Boy, are we going to get to him?" Because, dude, Andy Reid. It's funny. The two best, the two best coaches in the NFL with a week to prepare are both playing in this division, this divisional round, and both have had the week to prepare in Harbaugh and in Reed. And I just know with Andy Reid, the way that you beat this Texans defense is with speed, and they have it for days with Tyreek Hill and McCall Hardman. And I know that McCall Hardman has not gotten the targets um, recently. Actually, if you look at his target numbers over the course of the last three or four weeks, it's downright pitiful. I mean, there are, like there are games where he gets you a, a there are games where he look at you a legitimate goddamn donut, you know. But with the, all this time to, to prepare. Looking at how everybody just continually torches the Houston Texans, slow, slow secondary. Byron, are you telling me that Andy Reid didn't think up any ways this week to use Miko Hardman against these idiots? (laughs) I think he thought up a lot of ways to use everybody this week. The
0: way I see this matchup is that this is the spot. This is the prime spot for the Chiefs to heat heat their offense up. It's time to tune the offense up this week because they're going to need it next week when they go to Baltimore. And, you know, the offense, one of the issues with Mahomes this year is that the defense was so much better this year that they weren't having to push the pace the entire game and really blow the top off with the offense uh, for four quarters. All right. You know, I believe Andy Reid knows that's going to have to change when he's going to have to match up against the teams that lie ahead in this playoff field and coming off the bye. They're going to want to get into a rhythm on offense and um i think really st- start heating that chiefs offense up so i don't even care that the chiefs are favorites had, had been pretty sizable favorites throughout most of the week on this one i don't think they'll take their foot off the gas pedal because they need to get uh in rhythm and yeah, so you know to you know to me it's, it could be a lot of production that trickles down to everybody uh but the way i'm going to f- look at this one is a lot the way a lot of similar to the way I looked at Josh Allen and Devin Singletary last week is that probably Mahomes and Damian Williams are gonna be two of my favorite plays on the slate and I'll have my lineups where they're separate but much like to your credit Alex you said you know uh in last week's podcast was certainly those are two guys you can get together and play in the same lineup and I did a whole whole lot of that last week it served me very well so um you know, I can see getting Mahomes and Williams together. I can see a oh, separate yeah. I love playing
1: those. I mean, he could hit him on a, he could hit him on a swing pass. Well, one of these, one of these wheel routes for a 60 yard touchdown. That's well within the out, range of outcomes.
0: Yeah. Part of the reason I can't get in on it, Maybe as heavily on Kelsey as somebody like Anders Again, I, I mean, I understand Kelsey could have a monster game and I, you know, I don't want to get totally blanked on him, but it's a, it's a great just, matchup. Just, you know, to me, all arrows point back to Patrick Mahomes in this matchup. So, The the action could go. It could be there could be abundant action that's enough to go around. But there's a pretty good chance that the action gets spread around. You know, from Mahomes to you know a variety of weapons, and so that's that little bit of lack of clarity there that brings me off of Kelsey more towards Andrews, who I I feel is a clearer you know option. You know, maybe um, just loan option almost for Lamar Jackson. you know, so that's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at on that. But but to but to your point, if it's gonna be or if, if I'm gonna u- utilize that type of logic that this is gonna be a spread it around kind of deal, then oftentimes that trickles right down to a guy like a McCole Hardman and an Andy Reed in a in a in a situation like this where they've got a tremendous I mean it's just a tremendous matchup for Andy Reid to go
1: get this Chiefs offense running on all cylinders. I think Sammy Watkins is going to be really popular because people are going to say he probably projects for five and a half, six targets here in this spot. Um, He's been a he's been a favorite of ours for basically since we scouted him as far from from the talent, from the talent side. And he was A.J. Uh,
0: Brown before A.J. Brown came along, kind of running back body and that. Ultra sick wide receiver uh, prospect. You know what I mean.
1: He's, just, he's been he's just been so undependable for fantasy outside of the explosion in, in week one. He'll probably be about twenty percent owned at forty three hundred. I mean, only two targets week seventeen, but the, right before that, the last three before that, eight, four, and five. I think of what, what Sammy Watkins five and a half targets. You take the over or the under. I'm going to take the over in this one. It's has close. So, right. I mean, that kind of makes him a good play too. It, it, it gets to the point where you're like, which which Chiefs am I playing? If I'm playing Mahomes and I want to play Damian Williams, like I agree with you. Those are two that if – I am I think I'm going to play Damian Williams regardless, even though it looks like he would be the most popular play on the slate. It just makes too much sense. But if I'm playing Mahomes and I'm playing Damian Williams and I want to play like – can you play
0: three? Can yeah, I think you can do it from. You got to be so careful. You know, when you look at these game stacks before you start getting into three, four person game stacks, you got to really consider the teams involved. You know what I mean? Before you stack it up too big. And I think this is one where you can do it. I mean, for me, Sammy Watkins is going to be my number three play from the Chiefs' side of the ball in that matchup this week. Count, gonna count, be, uh, counting Mahomes? It's going to be Mahomes. Damian Williams and then Sammy Watkins will be the third guy I'm pulling out of that matchup into okay. my lineups this week
1: man that's what a lot of sharp people have said too when I did my roto show with Cardi and with um, Kyle Murray they both said you know Sammy Watkins is like their conviction plays their core one of their core plays on the slate so <coughs> I think we could see <coughs> excuse me we could see some ownership and some popularity there for him when we look at the other side at Houston you know, Deshaun Watson. We don't ever want to, you know, don't ever want to get too over our skis. You know, betting against that guy. Do you think they're gonna? Do you think that Bill O'Brien's gonna come out with his with his fucking caveman self and just say we're gonna pound the ball with Carlos Hyde? It's a good matchup for these running backs. Let's keep Patrick Mahomes off the field.
0: Uh, if he does, it's not gonna last. It won't be viable for long and he's not going to have a choice but to switch some gears in this one. I thought we saw Duke Johnson almost starting to get heated up last week. Maybe this could be the matchup where that could actually happen. I think I see I view him as a safe play, but I don't want to bury the lead. I mean, Deshaun Watson is my QB3 this week. You should not forget about him this week. I'd say it's somewhat prudent if you're making more, you know, more than 3-4 lineups this week to consider putting yourself together, you know, your best Deshaun Watson lineup and, you know, getting that into your uh, portfolio. And then, you know, from the Texan side of the ball, I mean, in DFS and in one and done, I
1: mean, this is where I'm ready to fire my big DeAndre Hopkins bullet. Okay. Oh, so in in DFS for one and done or for DFS? In both. Oh, really? Are you more interested in DeAndre Hopkins than Tyreek Hill? Yes. Really? Yep. Yeah, the match. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, one, one, thorn, one Thornhill's out, right? For the Chiefs, that's a big deal to their secondary. That is a bunch like, and the, you know, the other thing is Will Fuller. It looks like he's probably probably gonna go. He's been a so, limited
0: participant. I mean, I,
1: that even if he is just limited, if he can be, if dude, if he can be out there as a decoy, that helps DeAndre Hopkins. I think um, immensely. If he's out there and he can just be himself, I want to play him. If we get word that Will Fuller's himself, then that's like my favorite play on the slate. I mean, they don't have a choice
0: but to go to DeAndre Hopkins in this one. And, you know, if you look at it last week, he ended up performing. That was a tough matchup last week when they didn't really have anybody to worry about but DeAndre Hopkins. And he fared pretty – wasn't a monster game, but – I mean, he did damage against Tre'Davious White. He was doing damage in that one. So, oh, not for the first half. Yeah, but in the second half, and I think that's the kind of mode that these Texans are going to have to be in, man, against uh, on the road at the Chiefs. So ultimately, I just, the, the Texans are going to have no option but to go to DeAndre Hopkins uh in this matchup and you look in one and done you're not sure you're going to live to see another day with hopkins if you haven't fired that bullet yet it's a big over under it's time to roll them out and then dfs i mean it's the perfect game script you know they're they're they're, they're dogs and a big game total uh, you know i, I think you Got to get pretty excited about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you know, again, Mahomes, I mean, I, you can make a case for any of Mahomes' targets, but that's the problem. He's got a whole lot of them, right? And I just, to me, DeAndre Hopkins is a clearer line to being a primary source of targets throughout the entire four quarters of the game for Deshaun Watson, and then Tyreek Hill is for Mahomes. Not
1: that they can't happen, but just if I got to split those hairs. Okay. Well, that's, that's, and then D- any interest in Darren Fells? I mean, it, it looks like Jordan Akins has been limited this week, so we might not get the same, we might not get the same, you know, outlook for him, but Kansas city has given up a bunch of receptions to opposing tight ends. Yeah, you season. can make a case for Fells. You certainly can. I mean, a game,
0: I mean, I always in the games where it's a big negative game script, um, uh, you know, uh, for one team, you know, always, I look at their wide receivers, but I always remember, look at their tight ends as well. So Darren fells as much as he's hard to trust. He just keeps plugging along, man.
1: The, uh, next game here, the final game, we'll, get, we'll go ahead and get out of here. The Seattle Seahawks and green Bay Packers, forty-six and a half point total in this one. The Packers are four and a half point favorites, 58% of the tickets on Seattle, 57% of the money on Seattle, 66% of the tickets on the under 72% of the money on the under. So, do you like DeAndre Hopkins better than Devontae Adams here in this spot versus this shitty Seattle secondary? Yeah, those are my
0: two high priced guys I'm after this week, but I do like DeAndre Hopkins better than Devontae Adams. But those are my two guys at the top.
1: God, it's gonna be interesting making our model later today. <laughs> just putting it all together with your trends and mine, because I really uh, I hadn't really thought. We'll we'll see what the model says. Well, I mean, we'll just add in our trends, you know, manually. Um so what about – let's just uh, – Jamal Williams is back. How much does that affect Aaron Jones as far as you're concerned? Aaron Jones is – I noticed I started pulling the touchdown props already. Aaron Jones is minus 250 to score in this one, which is by far basically two times, uh, 2X the best touchdown odds on this whole entire slate for any skill position player. What do you think of that? Do you think Jamal Williams mixes in um, – how interested are you in Aaron Jones?
0: Pretty interested in Aaron Jones. I like him quite a bit this week. He's probably my favorite high-priced running back on the slate. I mean, when I when I was going through the high-priced guys, he was the first one I said, okay, you know, I, he's he's got to be in the player pool this week. It, you know, I have to think a little bit more about Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook and splitting the hairs between those guys behind him. But at the top, I like Aaron Jones. He a little, always a little worried about a Jamal Williams. Swindle, but that hasn't been as prevalent as maybe it once was or seemed to be. And I mean, this is a this is a big big game, and you know, now I'm seeing things too. Uh, not that this is all that consequential or or material or maybe causal, like you've said sometimes. Is, yeah, but there does seem to be something going on in Packers ethos out there on social media about this being Aaron Jones week, and I kind of saw that totally separate from the ideas I had come to, you know, going through the slate earlier in the week. And so, you know, maybe just a little more confirmation. There's some kind of intelligence built into the entire industry and community. And, uh, there seems to be a a lot of momentum for Aaron Jones.
1: This is, um, boy, this is just, I'm just, I was just sorry. I was just reading about the Seahawks offense. Seahawks offensive line. We'll talk about them in a second, but the, um, the rest, Devontae Adams. Can you play Alan Lazard? This is the great. This is a great tight end matchup. I mean, if we wanted to play the mummified corpse of, of Jimmy Graham, I, think I don't. I don't. Th- you know. I mean,
0: you can. I mean, you can do anything, but it's, you know, it's, it's hard. Hard to make that maneuver. There's other cheap guys you can mess around with. And
1: could you play Jamal Williams?
0: Maybe if the Packers were big underdogs, I could. And Jimmy Graham was cheap and a great matchup, I could look at it a little bit more. You could play Jamal williams it's you can you can it's It's hard to make him a priority, but if you're going to have a whole bunch of lineups, I think you would never create a lineup based around Jamal Williams, but you could conceivably find a way to slide him in as a low price r b two or flex and and maybe a lineup where you've got some Seahawks in there and you want a correlation somehow in the bottom of your lineup. yeah you know maybe you could come to that conclusion.
1: This is just all right. So moving on to the Seahawks, this is just bad. I mean, they've they have had to um they've had to bring Chad Wheeler up off the practice squad. They've had to uh, you remember how bad he was when he was with the with the was the Giants? Just very, very, very bad. Um, actually, they have four guys, four offensive linemen, Dwayne Brown, Mikey Potty, George, uh, George Fant and Joey Hunt. Who have all been out this week with injuries? Carroll's acting like Dwayne Brown should be good to go, but they're going to be missing a, a couple of these guys. Um, and that, I mean, what's his name, man? From the Senior Bowl, that kid that we did the YouTube stuff with. It's a he's a pack. He's good now, though, right? He turned good. We we thought he was going to be kind of a going to kind of get the curse of the of the standing up roster watch. Oh, Zedarius YouTube Smith. Time. Yeah, Zedarius. Right. So going up against like guys like this, man. That's it's. I worry about worry about that offensive line matchup. I know they're not going to be able to get the run game going. Pete Carroll has come out this week and said that they want to get Marshawn Lynch more involved, which sounds like basically the worst idea I think you could possibly have. Right? He looks old. He looks kind of slow. Uh, but Travis Homer hasn't looked any better. That offensive line's in shambles. So what does that mean for Russell Wilson? Does it mean that the run game is going to stall? So he's going to have to. Go hero ball and put the put the game on his shoulders in this final matchup of the divisional round. You know, and do we like Lockett and DK Met DK Tyler Lockett is more expensive this week than DK Metcalf, by the way, which is pretty. Which, which is on kind draft. Of what
0: do you mean? What do you mean DK, on Draft Kings isn't DK a little, a
1: little more than Lockett this week? Oh, what did I say? Lockett? No, I, I think said, you
0: transposed that, or maybe I misheard you.
1: I, I well, I find it surprising that DK Metcalf is more costs more than Tyler Lockett this week, which is the case. DK Metcalf 6,800, Tyler Lockett 6,600. Everybody wants to play the late hammer in DFS. I think a lot of people are going to be playing Russell Wilson stacks with these guys. I'm not sure how many people are going to be on the run game here. What do you think? How do you see it shaking out on on the Seattle side? Well, I got to draw
0: the line somewhere in the field for the player pool. And when I split all the hairs, it's just difficult for me to rank. Russell Wilson over to Sean Watson at QB three this week. And so if you don't crack my top three QBs, I'm probably not making any lineups, uh, around you this week. So for me, Russell Wilson's kind of off the table, uh, you know, for the way I, for the lineups I'll be making this week. Um, Tyler Lockett, I think with the price tag coming down, you know, you know, it's, uh, might be more intuition than it is actual fact you know but you know it does feel like with the price tag coming down after the breakout from Metcalf last week against a bad secondary that in a tougher game against a tougher defense where they are going to be playing from behind feels like Russell Wilson Bigger,
1: bigger more physical corners too yeah it feels
0: like Russell Wilson could end up Going back to his guy and Lockett, I just see I see Lockett being a more prevalent target this week. So, and the pricing helps make that decision. So, on the you know Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams on the Packers side, and then on the Seahawks side, I have a little bit of interest in Tyler Lockett. And then you know I was kind of surprised. I mean, I I believe Marshawn Lynch's price tag has come down from last week to this week. So last week I just found him to be price prohibitive you know his pricing was kind of exorbitant for you know what he was last week but uh when i was looking over slate earlier this week i, I had seen on DraftKings that uh maybe lynch's pricing was a little more uh, palatable this week and who, who, the, who the hell else do they have i think he gets some goal
1: line carries are you gonna play marshall lynch this weekend
0: i think so